God's goodness is the topic of many Christian books, cliches, and Bible studies, but what about when life is full of hard things that don't feel good? What happens when good beliefs crash into bad circumstances? Is God always good? Welcome to the Always Good Podcast. I'm Emily Jane, and I'm in my studio today with my sister and my best friend, Samantha. I have this question. (laughs) Do you want me to call you Sam or Samantha? Samantha. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Sam's only for non-sibling friendships. We have this running joke that I like nicknames, but I almost always call Samantha, Samantha. Yeah. Yep. Kind of sad. Everyone else calls her Sam. I mean, everyone outside of our family calls her Sam, but anyways, I'm in the studio today with Samantha. Nothing is certain in this world, so I just wanted to check. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Samantha and I met almost exactly 20 years ago. That's crazy. And she was born on my sixth birthday, so you guys can do the math. Also crazy. <laughs> that day remains one of the best days in my life. I had been praying for a sister, and when my mom went into labor on my birthday, I was so hopeful that it would be a girl. I believe my exact words were, if it's a boy, we're telling him his birthday's tomorrow. <laughs> she probably won't say this about herself, so I'll say this about her. Um, Samantha is an old soul and she proved it tonight by bringing her journal, (laughs) which has the word, what was it? Carnal? Carnal. Yes. She used the word carnal when she was 14 while writing a journal. I was talking about sin. Yes. I know. It's sad. She's pretty much always been like 50 years older than me in her mental state. I look up to her in so many ways, despite the fact that she's six years younger. Okay. What am I missing? What are some facts about you and maybe start off with what you do in a week, your favorite food, drinks for fall. Okay. What I do in a week. Well, I'm a part-time college student and a babysitter. It's pretty much all I do. It's kind of straightforward. Um, in my free time, I like to read a lot of books or watch Hamilton the Musical, which is my current obsession. But I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. I'm learning new things. But I go I... through like phases of things that kind of keep me entertained. So, yeah, I am an old soul. I would agree with that part. I've come to accept it. You're like an old soul, but also a modern hipster. Like the way you dress is kind of like modern hipster and old soul. I'm trying to fit in with my peer group. Yeah, that's fair. But at the same time, not compromise my own personality. I think you're pulling that off well. Thank you. Good. (laughs) I'm so glad. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, thanks for joining me to talk about this today. I feel like anxiety is an ever-growing topic for both of us. Yeah. I know we've talked about it a bunch over the years, but it's really become even more relevant in the past few months mm-hmm. as you've walked me through some intense new anxiety in my life. So let's start with a quick history and summary of your experience of God's goodness when you were first saved. Um, so I don't know if you want to take a few minutes to talk about your testimony, what your initial thoughts of God's goodness were, kind of give us the backstory of your faith. Yeah. Well, much like you, I was raised in a Christian home, so got you know, felt bored Sunday school lessons every single week and was, I think your baptism probably encouraged or sparked my initial um, thought process of, oh, hey, like Christianity, not just maybe our family, but it's like a personal thing too. And I remember praying with mom and dad about being a Christian, but I didn't really know what that meant. Um. And I guess I would just have said that the goodness of God, I think it was probably relegated to like a health, wealth, prosperity mindset, honestly, because I didn't have any other deeper or like other definition of what it would be. Um, and honestly, our childhood was pretty good. Yeah. So it would make sense that it was like, oh, God's good. Like we have a huge backyard that we play in and friends, we go to church and our 
parents love each other. We have a very loving home. Mm -hmm. Um, So being Christian was easy and the goodness of God just kind of felt like a part of life because my definition of it was ease. Isn't that interesting that we weren't ever, we were in fact taught the opposite of the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. Like, uh, oh yeah, like the theology was, was the opposite. Yeah, but that was both of our life experience. My, yeah, like that's how you just yeah. defined it in mm-hmm. your own terms. Absolutely. It's crazy to me that that's the same for both of us. Yeah. I mean, obviously we grew up in the same house, but we were taught the same thing that that is not what God's goodness means, but yet still in our subconscious, that's how we define God's goodness. And part of that is just living this world. Yeah. yeah. And like goodness is equal to ease and happiness, right? That's just what it is in this world. So part of that's hard to escape too. Yeah. As we talk about God's goodness in anxiety, I think it's important to note that this is an ongoing battle for both of us. Oh, yeah. Neither of us have per se overcome it. Um, we have seen God's goodness, but we are still in the battle with reality of broken bodies, broken minds um, in a broken world. So Feel free to give as many or as few details about your history with anxiety as you want. I think it's helpful sometimes to know the backstory of what led you to where you are now, but I also know a lot of journeys are very personal and there's a lot of details that I don't necessarily think have to be shared. Yeah. Um, so my first question after hearing your testimony again, which I love hearing by the way, is what did you think about God's goodness when anxiety entered your life and kind of what did that process look like? My first confession is that actually in thinking about anxiety for coming to record this, I actually had a slight panic attack and had I experienced anxieties that I haven't really felt in a long time. And one that reminded me again that it's a spiritual battle mm-hmm. and that it, for the most part, at least the way that I have struggled and dealt with it, um, is spiritual and not necessarily related to specific life shocking events. And I'll come back to that. But um, relating to your question, I would say when I was 13 is really when I would first peg having anxiety, so to speak. And I would say I was confused. I was confused at what I was experiencing. I don't think I really labeled it or called it for what it was until a good year and a half later. So for a whole year and a half, anxiety, as you may or may not know, manifests itself with physical symptoms. And I didn't know that. And at the same time, I didn't really know what was triggering it. So I thought I was terminally ill. I felt faint and nauseous and it was hard to concentrate. Like my eyes couldn't focus on things and my heart rate would go crazy. And on top of that, I felt like I had a heart murmur, like all these things. And so then blood work and doctor's visits and they're always like, nope, you're fine. You're healthy. So then it just left me going, well, what's wrong with me? So a lot of tearful nights and a lot of questioning, what is happening with me? I'm 13 years old. I don't understand this at all. As I came to see it for what it was and realized, oh, anxiety. I'd never really, I guess, been exposed to it um, in the sense of the physical side or what it kind of looks like. I always just thought it was, and it is, worrying about the future, but I thought it was kind of clear cut and dry in that sense. As I came to see it for what it was and start to say, oh, this is anxiety, this is anxiety, I started to get frustrated with God that he would be letting it. And that might sound like a contradiction, like, well, if you're anxious, you're actually kind of sinning because you're not trusting God. But I know that he is sovereign. And I was wondering, I don't have anything to be anxious about. So why am I anxious? Mm-hmm. So in that health, wealth, prosperity sense, I would say I didn't doubt God's goodness 
but I was confused mm-hmm. because I didn't see his long-term plan. I still don't because I <laughs> have a finite mind, but it's a very long answer to a very short question. No, I love it. I said take as much as I would just say, yeah, I was confused. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how, I definitely did not know how to put into words. If someone had asked me about God's goodness, I would have been like, yeah, he's good. That's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And that was probably it. Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> Wow, I feel. I mean, I know we've talked about this, but I feel like even that is new for me to hear. I don't know. Parts of that are new. I guess I knew you were struggling physically with stuff, and then later on, I know that you said it was anxiety, but I didn't realize that you didn't know it was anxiety. I guess. Yeah. Um. I in my head, I didn't put that all together, and I think we're at such an age gap. By the time you were starting into all of that, I was done with high school. I didn't really witness it firsthand. Yeah. I witnessed it through you but secondhand kind yeah. of like as you were discovering stuff you were letting right. me know right but it is interesting i that you said you've been struggling this week because i've been struggling this week a ton just thinking about the preparation for this podcast i felt like it's been a spiritual battle 100 percent. just waking up in the middle of the night feeling like my heart is freaking yeah. out and yep. just restless and not feeling like i got a good night of sleep and just deep breathing and thinking like why am i struggling with this it's a spiritual battle for sure. And yeah. I think looking back, I would not have said I struggled with anxiety until this year, mm. but I don't think that's true. <laughs> um, and similar to you, I think the real part of me putting that all together was the physical part. Mm-hmm. Um, there were so many times, not so many, but there were a few times where I was hospitalized with random pain or went to a doctor for random stuff that they could never figure yeah. out. And I think a lot of that happened after certain other events, like when grandpa passed away and stuff. It was just very sudden. And then all of a sudden I had a ton of pain and I didn't put it all together. But now that, I mean, walking through August and a miscarriage and then having the anxiety come flooding after that mm-hmm. physically, I think I can look back and see now a lot more of that throughout my throughout my life of just the physical aspect of anxiety, which is so hard because you think about it as it's a mental battle or you're anxious because of something. Which is true. Which is true, but it does But then there's a whole click. side that I feel like I never, nobody ever talked about. Yeah. Or I never, I mean, heard about it. I don't know. When I started saying, you know, I would describe my symptoms, well, my heart is racing and I just, and it's hard to breathe right now. Oh, well, you sound like, are you anxious about something? Now I am. <laughs> Because I don't know, because I yes, feel these, I'm anxious that my body is it's some, Yeah, it's sometimes even like the physical symptoms come first and yep. then it gives you mental anguish. Yes. It's like this never ending circle that <laughs> you get caught in. So you said you questioned, is that what you said? What was the wording you used? Um, I used, I think, frustrated. Okay. Um, I don't know if you were confused. Confused, that's confused. What yes. Okay. Yeah, there we go. So you were confused <laughs> by God's goodness and you didn't really have a definition. Yeah. How long do you think that period of confusion lasted? I would say a couple years. Um, I trace a little bit of it back to 2018. I have a very vivid memory that I've shared with you before of being at camp and having a panic attack in the middle of like a chapel message, leaving because I didn't want to be in like a crowded room while having a panic attack. Went back to the cabin, laid down on my bed, tried to breathe, very angry and frustrated. I'm at camp. I'm trying to learn about God. Here I am struggling with panic and having a friend um, end up after a long conversation saying, well, maybe God is using the anxiety like for a purpose. 
And, I, you know, we say all the time, you know, God is sovereign. He's everything for his good. He's everything for your good, you know, for those who love him. But I'd never correlated anxiety and purpose together. Mm-hmm. It was like anxiety is an obstacle that I have to overcome so that I can be a better Christian. That was my mindset for a lot of years. And for her to say that at first, I was like, what, what are you even saying? Like, do you hear yourself? And then it was, oh. And then looking back from that point was seeing the ways that God had humbled me and led me to prayer and seeing the ways that he had used anxiety of all things to grow me in faith. And I think from that point, starting to then change my definition of God's goodness to be um, not ease and not comfort, but almost his goodness being a culmination of all of, the, all of his other characteristics. Yeah. His goodness is because he is loving and kind and all-powerful mm-hmm. and sovereign. Yep. Amen. And that was mind-blowing. Yeah. And very, it was an you know, epiphany moment that I can date back <laughs> in my journals. <laughs> so. So you mentioned a few questions that anxiety brings to your mind. Where is God in this? What is he doing in this? I would, I mean, I still have those questions. Oh, and same. Yeah. I would, I guess, just encourage anyone going through anxiety to be okay with those questions and to ask God those questions, but then to take that to the Bible and to yeah. his word and yes. um, to look for it. Because I do think our definition of God's goodness gets blinded by what we perceive or what we define as good. And like you said, um, he is good because of who he yeah. is and what he has done already. Yes. And that is the I mean, that is a huge difference in mindset. So what would you say is the difference between your struggle now with anxiety versus when you first started dealing with it? Or do you see difference in struggling with anxiety now? Now, almost immediately, I name it out loud for what it is. When I didn't, when I didn't know it was anxiety, my mind immediately went down a rabbit trail of irrational thoughts and questions, always beginning with what if. And whether that was relating to very random things like what if a fire burns on the house tonight or to things that was um, more pertinent to where I was at. Like, what if I suddenly feel really sick in the middle of class and I can't get up and leave? Little things. Um, To whereas now when I feel the physical symptoms or feel like there's a situation that is kind of stressing me out, I have to literally whisper out loud to myself, that's anxiety. That's anxiety. That's not, you know, facts. That's not, it's about the future. Anxiety is worrying about the future, wanting to have control. So naming it for what it is and then trying to loosen my grasp on my um, plans. Because normally it does relate to my schedule or my plans. And I would say that's a little different than what it used to be. It used to just be um, everyday scenarios. That would kind of just, I just really struggled with anxiety and anything. And now it's wanting to have my perfect week. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Having my schedule go the way I want it to go. Checking off all of my to-do lists. So So you mentioned a few verses about God's goodness, but the Bible also says to not be anxious. Mm -hmm. It says that so many times. Um, And it says it as a command. It says, do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. Jesus says it. Do not be anxious. But what are your thoughts about verses like that and what truth helps you in your darkest moments? You said some of the things that you tell yourself, which are true, like this is anxiety, naming it out loud. I know you sent me some verses even this week (laughs) of just truth, full of truth. Um, So I'm curious what your thoughts are. 
about not being anxious and if that helps you or if that makes you more anxious or what does help you verse wise. So it does help me. I think it is good to obviously recognize sin for what it is. And I, I do think that there is a lot of my controlling attitude um, that is prideful and arrogant and it is, that is sin. And so to be able to ask God for forgiveness, say, you know what, God, I am worrying about things that are completely out of my control. Please forgive me. Please help me. That should be the first thing I do every time. And I actually remember you bringing that up a couple of years ago about anxiety actually being sin. And I remember feeling like kind of bruised by that. Like, do you understand what I'm going through? <laughs> do you understand the anguish that I am in? But then how good of um, a realization that was of, oh, because I would say even anxiety some, lots of times is rooted in pride. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that makes sense because it's because anxiety is sin. But then to to look at the other side of the coin that there are physical symptoms, right? So you feeling lightheaded, your heart palpitating, that's not sin. Right, right. You know? Mm-hmm. I guess there's a lot I could unpack from what you just said. I think the part about not being anxious in the Bible, like as a command, I think that's what I... So I didn't want to admit that I had anxiety because I know it's sin. So recently, I would say Mm -hmm. I didn't want to admit and say, like, I'm struggling with anxiety, even though the physical symptoms were all pointing to that fact. Because the physical symptoms, I think, do reflect in some ways where your heart and mind are. Not always 100%, but I think it is a reflection. Yeah. And I did not want to say I'm struggling with anxiety because of pride. (laughs) So it's like I'm hiding sin with another sin (laughs) because I don't want people to know about my sin. And again, I think we are living in broken bodies. We do have broken minds. The world is broken around us and we crave what we were meant for. We crave to be with God. We crave perfection and the ability to be holy as he is holy, but we can't have that. And so instead of coming to him, or at least this is how it is for me, instead of coming to him with that humbly, I come to him with, but this is how I want it now. And why aren't you making it the way I want it now? And Even if I'm not thinking those words, that's essentially the deep, dark root of my anxiety is wanting what I want, when I want it, how I want it, and then being mad at God when he doesn't give it to me the way I think it should be, and then telling him he's not good Mm -hmm. because he didn't do what I want. Right. So I think that's the sin of anxiety, Um, and I think that's where the Bible is so clear about, like, do not be anxious, and yet also being able to look at those verses for what it is and then come to him still and say, yeah. okay, but I am anxious. I can't, I can't even not be anxious without your help. Yeah. Well, I think there's a, you know, a very quoted verse in Philippians for do not be anxious. Yeah. And then it goes on, but that verse starts out with the Lord is at hand. Yep. Do not be anxious. And that's very critical. Yeah. Because even in anxiety, he is gracious to come. And to help us and to grow us and to teach us. So you kind of mentioned a few things that have helped you when you're in the middle of a mental attack or physical attack, I guess you more talked about. Mm. And that is a big difference that I think we've kind of touched on a few times, but like the difference between a mental anxiety attack and a physical one. And there can be times when it's both. And I think there's aspects of both. (laughs) It's like a Venn diagram and ever moving. You know how I love my Venn diagrams. (laughs) Um. So which, I guess, which type, first of all, which type of anxiety is more prevalent for you? Would you say it's the physical one? 
I would say more so now it's the mental one. Okay. That does not mean, as I was reminded today, yeah. that the physical one is not very much there. But I would say all praise to God. It has been so much less, the physical aspect of anxiety in the last couple of years, which I'm very grateful for. But I would say right now it, it it's mental. Do you recognize it the same? Like how fast do you recognize when it's mental or physical? The mental not as much because it's kind of like this worrying attitude. I get really bitter and I get kind of grumpy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of ex- exhibits itself in these negative emotions that I take out on other people around me. The physical one, I I get really vulnerable to with like with my emotions. The physical one, so for instance, today I was working and I was working at school as well. And I decided to open up and just glance at kind of what we were potentially going to talk about tonight. It came on kind of out of the blue mid-afternoon and it was, I was feeling a little bit lightheaded and I knew it wasn't related to like a blood sugar thing because I'd been eating and drinking water. I started to get a little bit of a headache. Again, I'd been drinking water and kind of doing everything and my legs felt weak, which is another symptom that I've had is like my legs feel weak, which sounds so weird, but it's stage fright. Yeah. But I wasn't on a stage. Wow. Yeah. Um, I was reminded today that that is still very real. And yet I am grateful for getting to see the strength that God has provided me in the last few years. And I feel like there has been lots more light in my life. I think the mental battle for me is almost easier to stop. I recognize it for what it is. Like you said, like, okay, well, not always. As evidenced <laughs> by this week, I was in a, yeah week-long pity party and there was a lot of anxiety in that pity party and Smith was very gracious to hear me out for a few days and then call me out (laughs) after I had continued into a path of no return no there was a return thankfully praise God but I think the mental battle typically I can okay this thought is not something I want to think God please take that thought yep there's a lot of truth that I have written down there's a lot of truth you share with me and Savior shares with me. There's mm-hmm. a lot of truth for my mind. But then the physical part, I feel like sometimes comes later like after mm-hmm. I've fought the mental battle, after Jesus has fought the mental battle yes. for me. I think the physical one catches me off guard and makes me feel so defeated. Yeah. A giant lump pops up in my neck yep. or my back or random spots. And then I just feel kind of what you were saying, like stage fright. I just want to hide. Like I have this insane desire to hide, hide yeah. in my bed, yep. hide in the bathroom, hide in a closet, just like become as small and invisible as possible. Yeah. And that's not normal for me. I've never experienced that, that aspect of it in my life. And so wrestling through that of, okay, God, I've come before you. I've asked you to take this anxiety. You did. My mind feels okay, but now my body is losing it. Yeah. It's been weird to recognize that there's different aspects yeah. and that both need to be fought over and prayed over just as diligently and recognized too but it is a battle and I'm not thankful that I have to share it with you but I'm also thankful that you are able to share it with me I'm grateful that you understand now in a different way than you did a couple years ago even though I would never wish that on you um I would say when I told you anxiety is a sin I had zero idea (laughs) But it was still the truth. And you did say it lovingly. You know, you weren't like up on a high pedestal. Yeah, but I think this has definitely given me eons more compassion and for you and yeah. for other people yeah. who say like, I'm anxious. Just because 
to me before anxious was just being kind of worried about something yeah. and yep. letting it Absolutely. rule you. And I was like, well, Absolutely. stop. It's sin. <laughs> So I think there was probably some self-righteousness. And I mean, I just said it. That's why I didn't want to admit that I was struggling with anxiety because yeah. I was proud and haughty and pride comes before the fall. I'll play that well, much. And, <laughs> and again, in a very selfish, prideful sense, it seems so lame. This sounds horrible, but like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I suffer with anxiety. You sound like, oh, do you go see a therapist? Which is not a bad thing. Right, right. You know, but it, I felt I didn't want to tell people there was a long time you and mom and I would tell you guys, well, anxiety, yada, yada. I don't want to go to youth group tonight. Yada, yada. Right. I, I didn't tell a lot of my friends. For the most part, we were all pretty immature and wouldn't have understood anyways. Yeah. And it wasn't until the last two years that I even opened up like, hey, it's actually been like five years of me struggling with anxiety. Wait, what? But it also took me five years to be able to put into words what that looked like and how God had been working on my heart in that. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy how fast your eyes can be opened to those things though. Yeah. And I'm thankful that God has given me you to walk through this with, I guess is what I was trying to say. <laughs> being Like I said at the beginning, I look up to you in so many ways and being able to come from behind in a certain situation, like that doesn't happen a lot in our life. Right. Being older. Even though I look up to you, that the type of situation where you walk through something and then I end up walking through it six years later doesn't yeah. happen. And so yeah. to have that experience and to have you there walking me through and giving me truth, saying like, just you were so compassionate and understanding and I knew you would be because you've already walked through it. And I guess that's where I wasn't coming from before. I see. Sure. I didn't understand. Sure. And that is something that God... I think works on all Christians' lives is empathy. Ultimately, it's not for you sometimes. It's actually in the long run for his glory. Right, right. But to also learn to be empathetic. Yeah. It's kind of hard because we're such selfish people. We want to be about us. <laughs> I think my self-righteousness peaked when I was like 17. Like, and since then, it's been a very steady increase of God humbling me and showing me how much I need him. The gospel means more to me now than it ever did because I see how desperately wicked I am. And at 17, I just was like, I know truth. I know what I'm supposed to say. I know what I'm supposed to do. Everyone should get with the program. Yep. And so I think when I, when I was interacting with you in the realm of anxiety, it was just kind of like a, well, get over it. Sometimes it was just like a, well, get over it because <laughs> it was such a long and it is such a long battle. Yeah. And I just didn't realize that. So I see God's goodness in humbling me and opening my eyes to the struggle that is there in so many people, especially this year. I mean, the number of things that have been changed. I think change is a big trigger for anxiety. I agree. And the number of people that have, I mean, every single person has gone through some type of change oh. this year alone. Yep. That's every been month. big. <laughs> yeah. And so as I've been talking with people about anxiety, even through this year, just to see God's goodness in breaking me down of even more self-righteousness, but to the point where I have full-blown compassion. Yeah, <laughs> I'm walking with you now. And yep. I think God doesn't always make that a reality of like, you have to walk with someone to have compassion. But in this case, I've seen this year, so many people, there's so many people struggling with anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I've seen you battle with it off and on. But one of the biggest things that has stood out to me is um, how you don't let the fear and anxiety rule your life. And I know you would say that there's moments where it does. 
But I've seen God's faithfulness and his strength in yeah. you so many times. As you face things that you're afraid of, like genuinely afraid of, but you just face them over and over knowing that God is going to be there and that he will provide. And I know stuff like that is sometimes hard to see in yourself. So I just want to take a minute and tell you that I have seen it. I have seen you tell me I'm really afraid or I'm really worked up or I'm really anxious about this. And then you do it anyway. And for me, that's so encouraging to see his good amidst the bad of anxiety because yeah. anxiety is still bad. Yep. It's still sin, but it's still bad. The physical aspect of it. Sometimes it feels like it's happening to you and you have no control. Yeah. Yeah. And yet to see God's good in the midst of that, um, it's been encouraging. I also love how you speak truth to me when it's hard. You know, it's what I need to hear. <laughs> I only do what you do to what you do for me. That's very gracious I'm grateful of you to that say. As sisters in Christ, that is a very deep part. The deepest part of our relationship as real sisters is to be able to speak truth in love. Yeah. Every time. And sometimes sugarcoat it with a meme or something. <laughs> But for the most part, it's like the spoonful of sugar that also doesn't go down. There you go. Here's a little meme. Uh, okay, so as we wrap up, if you had one song to share with someone fighting anxiety right now, what would that song be? Right now, I would say "The Goodness of Jesus" by City of Light. Very clear. Do you want to sing that for? Yeah, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> but it is a very good song. Yeah, it relates pretty directly to what we've been chatting about. Okay, and then what is a passage or verse? Do you have one that you would want to share? Um, I have a lot of a lot of psalms highlighted in my Bible yes, that I cried over and circled and prayed over, and I have dates next to a lot of them, which is kind of awesome mm-hmm. in a weird way to look and say, um, June eighteenth of this year, I was at a very low point <laughs> with anxiety, but that's also awesome to look back and then reflect on how much God has worked. I would say the first one that comes to mind is Psalm 25. Um, and then the second one that comes to mind is Psalm 62. Both Do of you which. have any lines of those that you want oh to boy. read? Or I used quote. to have, I would like to read. Yeah, sure. I used to have all of Psalm 25 memorized. I do not currently. It's like riding a bicycle. <laughs> I know. Just you kidding. have to, you got to repeat it to yourself. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Oh my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. And by the way, waiting for God is a very, I think it's a theme that he's going to be working as well as anxiety. And so I have a lot of wait for you passages circled. (laughs) Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all the day long. Skip down to verse 8. It says, Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. And then one of my favorite parts. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. There's a couple more verses, but I'll leave it at that note. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you. Is there anything else you want to share? Thanks for letting me come and ramble on Thank and on. Thank you for about- being my guinea pig <laughs> and my first interviewee. My pleasure. Uh, I love you so much. You can find Samantha at like a million different Instagram accounts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no. <laughs> there are so many. But at I'm Samantha Grace That's is my only favorite one. one. You need to know. <laughs> There's some deep meme ones. No, no, you're not sure. Do a search. There's also a fitness one if you want to see her. If you want to see pictures of me after running skills. (laughs) So exciting. Hopefully, she'll be back to posting on Instagram at some point. Got a couple more weeks. It's already been glorious. She's taking an Instagram break. Would highly recommend for your anxiety levels. Yeah, honestly, (laughs) been a blessing. But I expect a birthday post in November. So I'll be back before that. Well, I love you, and love I'm you so too. glad you got to come. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Always Good Podcast. My producer is my best friend, Xavier. The intro song is Good, written by Zave in 2012 and recorded by him as well.